0: This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back. This is Vernon. Glad you joined me uh, for Walking Free, and again, what we try to do here in general is focus on walking, walking it out. Not just talking a good talk and saying all the right verses and, and everything we've memorized over the years, but actually walking it out. So we will often say that we want to stop talking and start walking. And of course, I know there's times we need to stop walking and actually talk about things, slow down, find somebody to talk with. That's always good, but the, really the purpose here is to learn how to take steps, steps of faith, and move forward uh, in experiencing the victory that Christ offers us through the cross, I mean, that's what we want to do. We want to impact those around us. We want to impact our world. We want to impact our family. We want to see our our own walk impacted. And, you know, sitting on a chair or that nice comfy sofa in front of the fireplace as you're reading the scripture, which is awesome, by the way. That's great. Continue but then get up and don't just leave it in your notebook or on your electronic device or just in your Bible on the chair. Walk it out. And that's what we want to do. And when I see statistics, I want to read some stats, and I've talked about some of this before, but this article came up and I was talking with our Director of Counseling, uh, Margalena, and she just pours her life into young women. Uh, that's been uh, really what uh, God has called her to, and uh, to teenagers specifically. And when I saw this, I thought of her, and she had, she was already all over this. She's a big reader and listens to podcasts. And uh, this particular article that I read in The Atlantic might not be your favorite publication, might be, I don't know, Uh, but the title says, America's Teenage Girls Are Not Okay, and the subtitle, Rising Teen Anxiety is a National Crisis by Derek Thompson, and that was released uh, February 16th of 2023, and this is really just a, a sad article, it's just very telling, uh, if you work with high school students or middle school students, you probably see this, or if you just read the news or follow the news, uh, I think you can relate to this, that there is historic rates of anxiety and sadness, and especially among those who are struggling with their and identify other than heterosexual. That's, uh, it's, it's historic. And a lot of people point to social media and there's a lot of issues with social media, but I think we're coming to find out, well, you know, you can't just do that. You can't just say it's all social media. Oh, it's the phone or the tablet. And look, there's way too much time spent on those devices that's just true but there's so there's something deeper going on in fact we are the most connected we've ever been yet we are the most disconnected society we're the most connected we have the we have information at our fingertips we've got social media that is supposed to help us Well, I guess be more social. But there is a lot of damage going on there. It's not the only cause, it's not the main reason, but there is an impact. And the CDC released their Youth Risk Behavior Survey. And it's measuring the state of teen behavior and mental health. And again, going from this article in The Atlantic and where they uh, referenced the survey, and I've been going through the survey myself as well, from 2011 to 2021, the survey found that the share of teenage girls who say they experience persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness increased from 36 to 57%. And the highest jump, of course, came during the pandemic uh, time frame. The share of girls who said they contemplated a suicide increased 50% during this time period. This decade had just record jump in this persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness and in those young girls who contemplated suicide. Now, for teenage boys, the increase was there as well, just not quite as much. And for those who struggle and have a different sexual orientation, as the word goes, they struggle with their sexuality, that, uh, that subculture uh, is more likely to experience Poor mental health, more likely to experience unstable housing, even homelessness. They're more likely to be threatened or injured by a weapon in school, uh, more likely to miss school. They're less likely to feel close to people uh, at school, more likely to be raped, twice as likely to be bullied, almost three times more likely to have recently missed or misused prescription. Opioids, three times more likely to have considered suicide or even made a suicide plan or attempted suicide. And seven times more likely to be injured in a suicide attempt. I mean, this article is well done, well researched in this area. And you say, well, Vernon, you know, That whole issue, I don't want to talk about that issue. We know what the Bible says about uh, homosexuality and all of that. Yes, 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 I know the verses. And yes, I believe God created male and female. Yes, I believe God's design is one man, one woman in marriage. That's the design. But folks, that's just not the world we're living in either. Yes, that's design, the design, and yes, that's what I will encourage folks and preach and teach. But we still have hurting folks, right? We still have folks that are struggling with that. Do we throw a Bible verse at them? Is, is that the answer? How's that working for us? It's not working well. You say, Vernon, so are you just saying you accept sin? No, I just say we love people. That's what I'm saying. We love people. We extend grace to people. That doesn't mean when you extend grace, that doesn't mean you're accepting sin. When you extend grace and love, that doesn't mean that that we're condoning sin. Quite the contrary. We're doing exactly what Jesus did when he talked and spoke with the tax collectors and sinners. Had dinner with them. Oh my goodness gracious. What would that look like today? That's what I'm talking about. If we're going to walk out our faith, if we're going to walk out the type of agape love that Jesus showed us, demonstrated, and subsequently empowered us to have through his life in us, it looks like embracing and loving and caring for people wherever they are. And yes, whatever lifestyle they have either chosen or are struggling with, we walk in love. So this, as the article continues, this surge in sadness and hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among teens, it's there. And you know what the the crazy thing is? The reports of smoking is down. If you look at the other behavioral trends, drug use and drinking have declined. Bullying has not necessarily increased among boys. In fact, for girls, it uh, declined slightly. And where this teen anxiety increased joblessness, poverty, child hunger, mostly declined. This rise in what we can just summarize as teen anxiety is coming to the level, or maybe should, as the article says, come to the level of a national crisis. And we have more mental health services available, than ever before. And more people are using mental health services, yet the outcomes for teens just continues to get worse. Now, this article goes on to talk about four different theories that they offered, and this was this particular Author who has been following this uh, for a while offered four possible theories that the prevalence of social media, the decline of time spent with friends, uh, a more stressful world, you know, that includes the mass shooting events and global warming in their mind and other just big events that is weighing heavy on these teens, maybe changes in parenting uh, styles. And those are possibilities. Very, those are possible. We know in the pandemic, this whole anxiety just really uh, grew exponentially in uh, in the 2019 to 2021. More than any other two-year period on record. So, you know, maybe... You know, if we see a decline from, from that, well, it's just a decline from the very worst it's, it's been. But what's driving this for our teenagers? And I think the more important question, not just what's driving it, what are we doing about it as people of faith? And especially people of grace. What are we doing? Well, if you don't get anything else from this podcast, I hope that you'll get that we need to be aware of it number 1. And we need to people. We need to be those people that offer grace, love and acceptance as we come in contact with these uh, teens and generally on the outside they, they may say yeah I'm fine that's in that that's the word those are the words I'm fine I'm good it's all good really if the stats are right over half of them that's not true it's not all good but they need someone safe someone that they feel safe to open up about it. Maybe that's you. Maybe that could be you. To be that safe place for that particular teen, that young man, that young lady to talk to. One thing, and I like what um, uh, the uh, uh, Dr. Um, Mark uh, Mayfield uh, he said, and he's out of Colorado, just really well-known um, in working with teenagers, and um, I listened to a, uh, a podcast on, um, that had Dr. Mayfield on it, and uh, that uh, was really just an incredible uh, podcast from Authentic uh, Intimacy. And just talking about this idea more focused on uh, suicide. And he believes that the number one issue, or at least one of the major issues that drives this is loneliness. And you would think we're so connected, yet we're alone. Loneliness is uh, a key factor in uh, Dr. Mayfield's uh, estimation that is driving this. So as a family, if you have teenagers or if you have grandkids, one thing that you can do to really walk out love toward that teenager is to work with them, family interactions where they can be together where they can not feel alone. I remember, uh, and I wasn't always great at this, but, uh, you know, when my wife passed, my first wife passed away seven years ago, and I'm now a single dad with a uh, 17-year-old autistic son, who, by the way, that right there, he likes to be in his own world. (laughs) That's a challenge. But a 17-year-old Uh, autistic son, a 15-year-old daughter, and a almost 13-year-old daughter at the time. Here I am, single dad, now what? And that's a tough place to be. And we did try to do some family things together. And me being a classic introvert is a stretch of just trying to, you know, I have to be intentional. If you're more introverted, we need to learn to be intentional toward either our family, our kids, our spouse, uh, others, uh, that can be a hurdle if we're wired more, uh, as an introvert, but find ways to bring your family together, your kids together, uh, where they can, uh, have a place of f- not feeling alone. And at some point, as I get through those, um, young teen years into the high school years no matter what you do, they may feel alone because of friendships. I remember uh, trying to uh, work with uh, mine and get them into uh, a church group or into a small group and uh, there's some things there's only so much you as a parent can do uh, and I enlisted the help of others, of other adults who were running small groups that like, can you include my daughter? Can you get her into a group? Can you get her connected? And that's something that we need to really pray and ask the Lord. What can we do? Who can help us? If you see uh, a teen alone, not your teen, if there's a way you can help uh, get them connected, you'll be doing a great service. Uh, That's one way to love. So I don't have the answer. I don't have all the answers at all. Uh, but I just want to raise the awareness that this stuff is real. Our teens are going through it. Even though we're so connected, we're disconnected, connection is key. And connecting them to their heavenly Father is vital because the Lord says that I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That's what Paul tells us, that he never leaves us. Jesus said it. Paul reinforces it that we can never be disconnected from our Heavenly Father, but we can feel disconnected. And we can do an incredible service for our teens and for those who are struggling by connecting them with the Counselor, by connecting them with their Heavenly Father who loves them more than anyone else can ever love them. If we can connect them with God's love, It's a game changer. If you can connect a teenager to know their love, know they're accepted in Christ, know that they're connected, and help them learn how to pray and connect with their Heavenly Father and to listen and allow that love of God to overflow in them and through them. What a difference you can make. What a difference that can be for you You may be struggling and saying, I feel alone, but you're not alone. But I don't feel it. Then the best thing you can do, number one, is to say, God, I don't feel it. I know you're there. I know that you'll never leave me. Help me to experience your love. Father, I receive your love right now. Open my eyes to see how you love me. And then number two, you may have to be intentional and step out and go connect. Find a believer, go connect. And if that doesn't work, find someone else and go connect. You can control how you connect. You can control making an intentional effort to connect. Not saying it's going to work out every time. It won't. But go connect and then ask God to help you experience his connection. Connection is vital for you, for these teens. And for those teens that you find are struggling, and or those adults that you find who are struggling with their sexuality, Don't be afraid. Go love. Don't try to fix them. That's God's job. We don't need to fix them. We need to to point them to Jesus. We need to let them know that Jesus loves them. This I know. And here it is right in the Bible. It tells me so. Be the mouthpiece, be the footsteps, be the hugs of Jesus reach out, let them know. We need to point them to Jesus Christ. We need to point them to their new identity. Help them to receive and believe the fact that they are made new, that they are righteous in Christ, that they are holy and loved and forgiven and free and victorious in him. Let God do the changing. When someone comes to us for counseling, we don't try to fix them. And parents, parents will often say this, I need you to fix my child. It's like, sorry, we're not the fixers, but we can listen. We can hear. We can understand. You don't need to point them to all the verses that they need to see. No, point point them to the fact that they're loved. Point them to the fact that when they've received Jesus Christ, they are accepted that they are brand new. Point them to the to Ephesians that says that they're righteous and reconciled and redeemed and holy. They're a saint in Christ. Point them to that. Don't don't just flip real quick to Romans 1. 1 Corinthians, you know what? Let the Lord walk them in their journey. Say, but I'm not preaching the truth. Yes, you are. You're preaching the truth. Of God's transformation in their life. And love them. Listen. Understand. There's a lot of anxiety out there for teens, young ladies, particularly. They need grace, they need God's grace, they need you as a vessel an ambassador of grace because you know what? unfortunately, there's just not a lot of folks out there like that. but there's you and there's me. We can do our part. say I'm it's just I I, I can't change this society no but you know you can change one person. As my pastor would say, you can do for the one that you wish you could do for everyone. Find the one or the two. Share God's grace. And let the Lord figure out all the other messy stuff. That's what I want to share today. That this is complex But if you could focus on two things, connection, connection, because loneliness drives a lot of this, especially suicidal behavior and ideation. It's most often when someone is alone and isolated, and that's what the enemy wants is to divide and conquer, not in this house. Connect as God allows. Help them understand they are connected. Connect them to their Heavenly Father and help them get connected with folks who can love them and accept them where they are in their journey. If you could do that, just that one thing, boy, I think that would be the best way for us as grace-filled believers, to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gment.org. That's g-m-i-n-t dot o-r-g.